Well, I'm excited to jump into part two of vision today. One of my favorite things in the whole world to do is talk about vision and cast vision and talk about where we could be and what God could do in our lives and through our lives. Recently, my brother-in-law, Seth, was telling me a story that he and my sister were asleep middle of the night, and all of a sudden, they heard this incredibly loud sound. They both jump up, you know, adrenaline is going, their hearts are pounding, and what Seth said, it sounded like someone kicked the front door in. And so he gets like instantly like, okay, we got to figure this out. He, he makes sure all his kids are in his room, close the door, put the dresser behind. I mean, they're like freaked out, ready to go, you know. And so he calls 911 and, uh, the, you know, lets them know what happened. And they're like, well, sir, uh, we could have a patrol car drive by or they could actually come inside. He's like, oh, they're coming inside, you know. He's like, they're coming in, you know. And so he gets up there and he's kind of waiting and he just has this thought. He's like, I'm just so thankful that my whole family's here and we're all behind the stressor and the door's closed and the police are going to come check out the house he waits and he waits and eventually the phone rings and they're like sir policemen are at your door you gotta go let them in and he's like I hadn't thought about that like I want to stay up here behind the dresser you know like I didn't think about that and here he is in this moment he has a decision to make is he gonna rise up and play his role and be defender dad in the middle of this or is he kind of just shrink back and play it safe you know and so he decides, all right, I'm dad, I'm the man. I got to get up. I'm not sending my, my wife out there, you know. And so he reaches under his bed, grabs a baseball bat, and he moves the dresser. And then once he gets on the other side of the door, he says, Jeanette, put the dresser back, close the door, you know, get the kids safe. And he's going through the house ready to go, ready to fight, ready to defend his family, do what he's got to do. I am the one who will fight for your honor. I mean, he's ready, right? And so he's walking through. I love that when I sing, people laugh. Anyway, and so he's walking through the house, and he gets to the front door, and everything is good, right? Opens up the front door, and there are the cops standing on his front door. They both draw their weapons and say, sir, why are you holding a bat? He's like, ah! He drops the bat. And they come in, and they walk through the house, and they make sure everything's okay. And then one of the policemen says, "Uh, sir, do you normally keep these on the floor? And he walked back into the pantry. And the policeman was holding this package of plates from Costco. Like, you know those ones that weigh like 8,000 pounds, you know? And so my brother-in-law goes, no, those are usually up on the, on the shelf there. And so the cop holds it, the height of the shelf, drops it, and it made the loudest noise you could imagine. And from upstairs, my sister's hiding behind the dresser. She yells out, that's the sound. And they felt so dumb. And here he is apologizing to the policemen. But the policemen were great, man. They walked him through the house, took great care of him, you know. But what I love about Seth in that moment is that he had to decide if he was going to play his role or not. Was he going to be defender dad in that moment? And he had to make a choice. Am I going to step up and do what I've called to do, right? And I love that he didn't try to be the police. He let the police be the police. But I love that he was ready to take whatever action he had to take for his family and play his role. And when I talk about vision, my question for you is, is will you play your role? When God begins to move in our church in a new way and he begins to get us excited about some things and he wants to do some new things and even challenges us in some ways, will you play your role? Not be somebody else, not be something you're not, but will you play your role? And specifically, I want to ask you if you'll kind of step up to the call today. See, here's the thing that's so exciting, is that you were not just meant to come sit in a seat at church. See, God has gifted you for some purposes to make a difference in our church. And today, I want to talk a little bit about that and the power of all of that. Will you play your role? So I'm always listening to leadership podcasts and different things, and and one of the things that the experts on church agree on is that over the last several decades, Something has been true of the church, and they call it consumer church. So people come in and fill roles, and then a few people use their gifts, 
And everyone else kind of consumes that. You know what I mean? And so there's lots of people sitting in seats, and then there's a few outside those seats using their gifts. And what I'm so excited to say is that experts are now agreeing that that model is dying. Consumer church is dying. It's almost dead. It's on its way out the door. And I am so thankful for that because if you've been around any length of time, you know at Living Word Church, we do not believe in that model. We do not believe in consumer church. We believe that God has called us to be the church. And we come together and begin to use our gifts and talents and abilities, some amazing things that can can happen that just can't when we're just sitting by sort of watching. And I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm so proud of you guys because so many of you are coming to church every Sunday or you're leading a community group throughout the week or you're volunteering at our green room on Friday or you're involved in the the women's ministry relaunch or or all these different things. And you know what? You guys have decided that you are going to be the church church, not just watch church happen. And I'm so grateful for that. And I want to invite more of us into that today. And I want to encourage those of us who are already living that here today. See, there's two types of churches. There's come and see churches. And come and see churches are great because they make it really clear that you can invite your loved one any week. Any, any Sunday is a good time. You go to youth group every Friday night. It's a safe time to invite people to say, hey, come and see what's going on at our church. Come and see what's going on at our youth group, right? And that's a great thing. And that the strength of that is that people always know this is a good week to invite a neighbor, a friend, someone we work with or go to school with, right? But the bad part of the come and see idea is that so often people just continue to come and see and come and see and they don't ever graduate from consuming, you know? And so there's this other type of church that we know of. It's called go and be. And go and be is great because when you're going be church, everyone's on mission. Everyone's ready to make a difference. Everyone's ready to either inside these walls or outside these walls go make an impact and use the gifts that God's given them. And so you're sitting here saying, well, are we a come and see church or a go and be church? Well, when my son Landon was little, we used to mess with him. Kelly would say, Landon, I know you love me more. And I'd say, Lennon, I know you love me more. And we probably greatly scarred him. <laughs> but it was fun at the time. And so there we kind of had this little thing going. And Lennon came up with a great little response. We would say that, and he would go, I love both of them. I love both of them, right? And so you're sitting here going, well, which church are we? Are we come and see or go and be? Both of them, right? We, we really are. We want you every single week to know it's safe to say to your loved one, friend, coworker, hey, come and see. This is cool, man. God's doing something neat here in our church. But... We also want to make sure that when God changes a life, they become, that person whose life has just changed now is on mission to go and be what God wants them to be, both inside these walls and outside these walls. And so the truth is, is we are a church that says come and see, but we also equip people to go and be and make that difference. And that's what I want to kind of challenge you with today, to to that Respond to that call to, to, to um, really use the gifts that God's given you in a powerful way. And the truth is, guys, you know, it's great that we relax sometimes or we sit back and we consume some entertainment or we consume some downtime or whatever it might be. But deep inside every one of us, isn't it true that we want to live for something more than that, right? Like deep inside of us, God has wired every single one of us to want to live for something bigger than ourselves, that there's this calling, there's this, this drawing in our lives that says, man, make it matter, make it count. Don't let it just be about you, right? Don't let it just be about comforts. Don't let it just be about your needs getting met. But man, God has wired us to make a difference and an impact on others. That God would take us from being consumers to contributors, right? And so today I want to talk with you a little bit about what that looks like. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. Maybe it's your first time in church or you haven't been around in a while. And we're just so glad you're here. And I hope today you'll see how awesome it is to be a part of a church. 
And I also hope today you'll see something powerful that Jesus has done for you. So we're going to look at a couple sections in Scripture here today. We're going to look at just two guys, Paul and Peter, and they both wrote both wrote a lot about giftedness and the ways God's wired us and the, the things that can happen when we use those gifts. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. So Paul's going to start talking about the spiritual gifts here. There's kind of different labels on different groups of giftings. And what I love about this is he says, hey, just want to let you know, there's these different kinds of gifts, right? Which is beautiful because that tells me God has gifted you and I differently and it's on purpose, right? That none of us are exactly the same and that we're able to each use our gifts differently. Like in other words, God can use you to reach people that I can never reach and vice versa. And this is so exciting. So we get to come together now and be the church of God and make a great difference in our community, in our lives, and in the lives of those that we love and care for. So powerful, right? And one of the things I love about our church, and I'm telling you, God did this. You're like, God, oh, Doug, how'd you guys figure this out? No, God did this. See, here's what happened. My father-in-law, Pastor Ravone, was pastor in the church for many, many years, right? And he began to kind of bring uh, me and him into this partnership. And then we got Joey and Andrew and all these different people plugged in. And what has happened as a result of the way God worked all this and this transition that took place several years ago and everything is that we have such a beautiful mix of age ranges in this church. It is such a blessing. Most churches do not look like this. This is huge. And so we have those of you who are older in the crowd today. And I want to let you know, I'm so thankful for you because you bring tremendous wisdom and experience that will help us and will train up the next generation. That's huge. And then there's the workforce, right? Those of us who are, are working hard, but man, you have a passion to see God do something. There's kind of a mix of ages and all that, but man, you're just excited about what God could do through you. And then we have our families. We've got lots of families in this church, lots of little ones, right? If you're in my community group, I'm not making this up. You can attest to this, that we sit there around the dining room table. And any of the people in my group can tell you what happens as we're sitting there, right? The chandelier is bouncing because the kids are upstairs jumping and running. Like, all we need is a good beat, and we can do a great rap video. Like, like it's just great, right? And so I love the energy and life you families bring. And then we have our young adults, right? We have our millennium, our millennials, right? And I'm so tired of millennials being mislabeled, right? Because the truth is, is everyone's, and, and, and we forget that this happened, right? We forget that when, when you know, people like my parents' age, they kind of looked at my generation and thought we were a bunch of knuckleheads. And everyone's looking at the millennials thinking they're a bunch of knuckleheads. Here's what I see in you millennials. I see you want to live for something bigger than yourself. I see that you want your life to matter and you want to uh, give your life to something that counts. And then we have our youth. And we have a ton of youth in this church, which I'm so thankful for. And this room is full on Friday nights of youth. And right now, half our production team are youth and half our kids' ministry are youth. And I just love the integration. And we have all these ages and all these different gifts. And God is calling you and me to live for something bigger than ourselves and use those gifts and talents. And I love that God is served. That's what it says here, right? There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord in them all, right? And it goes on. Oh, I think I just read the next verse. Sorry. <laughs> there, there it is. There are different types, uh, kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone is the same God at work, right? Every person is gifted, right? And so here's what I'm excited about is that at our church, we don't staff around need. We staff around opportunity. What does that mean? We, we, when we have you know, a need, we're not just looking to fill a need and get it done. So example, we, we need parkers, right? Okay. 
I'm not at the end of the day going to go, okay, how many Parkers do we need to get the job done? No, I want to say how many people can we get involved? You see the difference there, right? I mean, for example, let's just say we all live in a farming community, okay? And in this farming community, country music has been deemed unconstitutional. Just throw that out there right at the beginning, right? I had this guy who's come to our church a few times, and I made fun of country music a few weeks ago, and he, he sees me out in the lobby. He goes, I think I'm here to convert you. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, uh, like, I know where I stand in the Lord. He's like, oh, no, country music. And I'm like, I know where I stand in that too, right? Okay. But, but in this farming community, right, a tractor gets stuck in the mud, okay? And we have to figure out, oh, we have this problem. We have this need. We have to get the tractor out of the mud. Now, there's two ways to approach this. Number one, we can say, okay, there is a need. Let's just figure out how many people we need to get the tractor out of the mud. So the simple way to do it is figure out how heavy it is. And how many people you need to pull that weight. So if it's 10 guys, you know, all right, or eight guys who look like me, you know, that can, you know, I don't know why that's funny, Jess. That's not funny. Right? Well, okay, I sing, people laugh. I talk about how jacked I am, people laugh. Well, probably you should laugh at both anyway. But, but you can get the eight guys around the tractor, but I'm telling you what's going to happen. A couple ropes are going to break. A couple guys' backs are going to break, right? But what if instead of staffing around the need, we staff around the opportunity and we say, how can we get as many people involved as possible? We start knocking on doors in the community and we say, hey, we have a problem. We have a tractor stuck in the mud and we love your help. And now you've got a hundred ropes around the tractor. And can I tell you what's going to happen? We're going to get the tractor out quicker. Everyone's going to be healthy and we're going to have fun doing it. And we're going to build community doing it. And we're going to build memories doing it. And when it's out of the mud, we're going to have the best mud fight ever you've seen 100 people have, right? So, man, what a difference, right? And my hope is you'll throw your rope around the tractor, not because we have a great need for volunteers. I don't want this to shoot the whole thing in the foot, but we honestly don't have a huge great need for volunteers if we're looking at it from the need side. But we don't look at it from the need side. We look at it from the opportunity side. How many people can we get involved using their God-given gifts, talents, and abilities? That gets me excited. That gets me excited. Then Paul lists the spiritual gifts. And we've done whole series on these verses. And so I'm going to go through them, but I'm not going to unpack them all because, like I said, it would take weeks, honestly, to really dive into this well. But verse 7, I want some of you to find your gift here. Now, to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So again, here we have it again. God's Spirit is poured out in our lives or given to each of us for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, by the same Spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, some of you might say, I don't know what all that means. I would love to have a conversation with you about that. I'd love to point you back to some of our sermon series that we've done on this. Because it's really loaded. There's a lot that goes into it. But the point is, you are gifted to make a difference. And that God has wired you and gifted you to have an impact on others. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than a stage or a preacher or a band. It's about all of us using our abilities and our gifts together. So some of you found yourself in those lists. And we need you. We need you to use those gifts. Throw that rope around the tractor. But then look at what Paul says next. He says this in verse 12, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one Spirit to drink. I love this. So what Paul is saying is, hey guys, here's the deal. We're like this 
this beautiful body that God has put together, and we're made up of all different parts. And a body can't just be all arm. Be weird and awkward, right? A body can't just be all toe or leg or stomach, right? Every part matters. Every part has to come together and play its part. And what I love is that Paul lists all the differences. This is so important. He lists all the differences that the people had before they became part of the body of Christ. And he says those differences go out the window, right? Some of you were Catholic before you came to Christ. Some of you were Jewish before you put your trust in Jesus. Some of you were agnostic or atheist, right? But here you are today, trusting in Jesus. And now we get to come together as this big old beautiful body, this church of Jesus. And we get to make a difference in our world and in our community. I love the power of this body and of this illustration. Look at what verse 14 says. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Or if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, ready? I love this, powerful. We've got to surrender to this, just as he wanted it to be, just as he wanted them to be. And sometimes some of us go, man, I just wish I were an eye, you know? I wish I were a leg. I wish I were, no, no, no. God wired you to be just who you are. One of the pressures I feel sometimes, if I'm just being honest with you, is, oh man, I gotta probably be a little bit more like this preacher or a little bit more like that preacher. I gotta, you know, I know he's real popular right now and God's really using him. Or, you know what? I just gotta be me. I just gotta play my part. I could certainly learn from these guys some things, I'm sure, but I just gotta be me. Plain old Doug, right? And God will then use me the way God desires to use me. And the same is true for you. And so how has God gifted you? The beauty of it all is that we're different. It's sometimes the challenge of it too, right? Is that we have different backgrounds and we have different ways of thinking and we have different convictions sometimes. But the beauty is we say, all right, for the sake of Jesus and what he could do in Hopog and on Long Island, we're going to put all that aside and we're going to come together and be this beautiful body of Jesus. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And some of you guys today might say, but Doug, I'm just like the toenail of the body. Like, like I'm just this insignificant, I'm like an eyelash, you know. Like, like I, I got nothing, right? No, no, no. Every part is so important. In fact, what we think Paul may have been doing here is something pretty brilliant. There was this ruler named Meninius Agrippa. And he had a job to do. You see, at about 494 B.C., there was this whole issue in the Roman Republic. And Paul would have known about it, and his listeners would have known about it. And so here's what happened. Is there was this fight between two classes, and they couldn't figure out how to get along. And the one class thought that the other class was just freeloading. And so to basically come against this and try to combat this, the military walked out of the city and left it defenseless. And so now to protest what was going on with these two classes not getting along, they couldn't figure it out. They are out of the city, and this Roman Republic is, you know, without an army. And so Meninius Agrippa was given the task of winning the army back, and he walked out, and he said, everybody, listen to me. Some of you guys, man, you think you're more important than the other. You think you're more important than those in the city. You think that one class is more important than the other class. But I got to tell you something. There was once this body, and this body the arms and the legs and some of the other parts of the body began to think the stomach was kind of freeloading, you know? Oh yeah, it gets all the food, it kind of just sits there, right? We're out lifting stuff and walking around. 
And you know what? The arms and the legs and the rest of the body decided to starve the stomach. But eventually they realized something. They realized that if the stomach wasn't getting food, then the body, the limbs, were not getting energy and life and nutrition that they so badly needed. And so they began to feed the body again. And Paul borrowed from this brilliant thing that Meninius did because after that story, the Roman soldiers walked back into the city realizing every part of the body is vital and important and we need you. And so Paul likely borrowed from this to get his point across. In fact, some of you guys feel like you're that weak part of the body that has nothing to offer. In the next few verses, I won't read them, but I'll summarize them. Paul says God shows some special blessing to those parts of the body that seem weak or unpresentable. And so if that's you today, man, there's a spot, there's a place for you, there's something God wants you to do that I can't do and that the person sitting next to you maybe can't do either. Let's look at what Paul's friend Peter said in 1 Peter 4. He says this, uh, verse 10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We are all in this together, right? We're all contributors. You know what? We're not all preachers. We're not all musicians. We're not all kids ministry workers. We're not all cooks, right? It's a good thing I am not on the cafe team. I'm telling you that right now. They're doing an incredible job. In fact, at night, Rosie and Sarah go nuts. They go crazy. And they provide all this incredible food for us at the 7 o'clock service because there's a lot of young people hanging out. And, man, I'm telling you, last week, they had this whole like bulletin board thing set up on the table. I couldn't even make sense of it. I asked uh, Sarah this morning, I'm like, what was that? She's like, oh, we did this kind of like fantasy food draft thing with the food. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but it's awesome, okay? And you know what? It's so good I'm not on that team because I'd make a mess of it, you know? Anytime Kelly and I are invited somewhere, she's like, oh, I'll make a dessert. I'll make a dessert, you know? She's like, I'll make some big dessert. And she always does, some big, huge dessert, right? And I'm like, you know what? If we stopped at 7-Eleven and I got a box of Oreos and a Dr. Pepper, I would be the hit of that party. I'm just saying right now. But she hasn't let me do it yet. But that's me, right? And that's why it's good that I'm not on that team. But some of you guys are brilliant that way. Some of you guys are so good that way. And so, man, for us to come together and use our gifts is so powerful. Verse 11, he gets more specific. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as ones who speaks the very words of God. So if God has given you the ability to speak, then you need to use that gift. And maybe it's up on a stage, but maybe it's sitting with somebody at the cafe who's in a lot of pain, and you can speak the words of God. You can speak the hope of God. Maybe some of you guys, it's to lead a small group, and you can speak the words of God. Maybe some of you guys, it's to join our 22-6 kid staff and teach the word of God to these little kids. I don't know what it is for you, but we need you wherever you are. I love this next part. This is beautiful. Look at this word, the third word in here. If anyone serves. You know how broad that is? If anyone serves. In other words, if you do anything to help serve the mission of Jesus and the church, then you are important. They should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And I love that it says, if anybody serves, because we've got all kinds of people in this room. Some of you guys are really creative. Some of you guys are really wise. Some of you guys have great experience. Some of you guys have been through horrific things in life that now others can be spared from because of what you've walked through. Wow. I think of our set here. Uh, our friend Jay works on some TV shows and some, some movies. And so we started talking about a new set. He's like, I got an idea. And so he brainstormed this whole thing. And then Chris, who was great with building, put it all together. Because if I put it together, it'd be all crashed out on the drum set right now. 
And so you have these two guys just serving, just using their gifts, and they're never up on the stage. You don't see them up in the lights, but man, they made the lights, right? They created this amazing environment for us by using their gifts. So what are you passionate about? And I love that this verse says, God is praised. I hope you don't think you're doing this for me. I hope you don't think you're doing it for our staff or our elders or our team or, or even the people that walk through the door. No, you're doing this so that God would be praised, that he would take center stage, and every eye would see who he is and how awesome he is. Paul brings up a few more specific things in Romans 12. We already looked at a few, so we're going to jump in at verse 8. It says this in Romans 12, 8. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. What does that mean? He was talking about giftings, right? He says, so if your gifting is to encourage, then bring encouragement. Some of you guys might think that's like the eyelash of the body, you know, the small pinky toe nail of the body. It's not. You know, if I pulled a thousand pastors, you know what every one of them will come back and say? Man, I really struggle with discouragement sometimes. You guys have no idea what it means when you come alongside and encourage and bring life. Some of you guys are so gifted to see someone in a room who's just in pain and they need some encouraging. They need a positive word in that moment that God is still good and he still loves them and he still has them. And it's so powerful. Uh, a few weeks ago, Richard Siebold passed away. He was uh, a man that, that so many of us loved. His, his son and, and daughter run our greeting team here in the morning. And Richard was such an encouragement, just always. And he died an older man. I, I believe he was close to 90 when he passed. And at the funeral, Pastor Ravone brought up what an encouragement he is. And Andrew brought up what an encouragement he was. And I just remember there were so many times he would encourage me. Like I'd get off the stage knowing I bombed it. Like that was a bad message. He looked at me in the eyes and go, great message today. And I go, you're a liar, but thanks. You know, like I just knew, right? You just sense it sometimes. And you know what? When um, Pastor Pavone and I were transitioning, I took the, some of the older guys out to breakfast. I said, guys, I, like, I, I just want to know how to like, reach you. And I'm, I'm a lot younger than some of you guys. I want to make sure that I, you know I, I care for you and I value you and your input. Like, what can I do? How can I learn from you? And, and Richard couldn't hear too well. And he had uh, hearing aids in. And, and so through the whole breakfast, like, he's just sort of sitting there. And he wasn't really a part of it because he couldn't hear us. And it's kind of loud in there. And then all of a sudden, somebody's talking, and he just like, decides it's time for him to speak. And he just interrupted the dude and just shut him down. And, and for like 10 minutes, just encouraged me over and over and over. And then just kind of said, and that's all I have to say about that. And went back to his eggs, you know what I mean? But man, what a blessing. What a blessing. There are people sitting in the seats around you that need your gift of encouragement so badly. Don't think that's an eyelash don't think that's a toenail. Man, that is vital. There are people ready to give up. Last Sunday, if you were here, you remember there was a part of the message where this had nothing to do with my message, but I just felt like God wanted me to say that if there's anyone out there who is depressed to the point you think you're going to take your life, that there is hope, and there is hope in Jesus for you. And do you know my wife got a text later in the week and said, that moment was for me. You never know a life that could be saved just because you encourage somebody and speak the truth of God back to them. It goes on. If it is giving, then give generously. You guys are like, oh, now I know why he's preaching this message. <laughs> nah, no. You know what? You know what's so amazing? I hardly ever, you've been coming here for a while, I hardly ever talk about money. Why? Because you guys are so generous. I don't have to, right? We're going into a new season potentially of, of pursuing a property. And we're going to have to be generous. But some of you guys, that is who you are. You are gifted to be generous. And I just want to let you know how much we appreciate you. What a blessing you are to this church. Thank you so much. If it is to lead, do it diligently. We have some amazing leaders. We have some amazing elders. We have amazing staff. We have amazing team leaders and community group leaders. So grateful 
for all those that lead so well in this place. You are making things possible that would not be possible without you. I love this. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Again, this is one of those things we don't think is a big deal. It is huge. My sister, the one who was hiding behind the furniture, she has the gift of mercy, man. She walks into a room and someone's hurting. Next thing you know, Jeanette's over there crying with them. That's so powerful. We need you. That is a huge deal. There are people that will come into this place today that do not need to hear my message. They need to hear your message. They need to hear what God's going to say through you. They need to hear that mercy just flow out of your, your mouth. They need to see tears fall down your face as it falls down their face. That is so powerful. We need you. You are gifted. That is not by mistake. Use those gifts. Use those gifts. Don't be afraid. You know what? Somebody comes and sits in the front row and after service they're sitting there weeping. You're like, man, I would love to go just kind of like sit with them and pray with them or just sit quietly. They know somebody's with them and you're like, but this is New York. That's a little weird. Like, what, 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 what might happen? Can I tell you something? If I was a visitor in a church and I wept in the front row and no one came and sat with me, I would never come back here, right? Don't get in your own head. If you have that mercy gift, use it. God wants you to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. goes on, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to kind of swing back to where we were with Paul here. Verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. There it is again. You're this body. Every part matters. We need one another. And each of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing. You're like, yeah, yeah, see, I knew it. Like all the big important ones are at the top there. And, but, but look at what's next. Right after all these big important things, it says, of helping. Of, of helping. Anything you do to help is a blessing to this church. Anything you do is a help is, is a blessing to the mission of God, right? I mean, it's not really like one of those things we're out taking pictures of and putting on Instagram, but that's Jimmy showing up at 7.30 and putting the signs out in the rain, Right? As our cafe team and, and just putting food out so that after the service people can grab some food and sit down and get to know each other and community can happen, right? And so anything you do to help is a huge, incredible deal. I'll tell you what, at the end of the service, at the, after the seven o'clock, anyone willing to stick around and just fold a curtain is like, Lord, you are good. Like it is just, we're exhausted by then, right? And so man, just the fact some of you guys are willing to do that is so big. And this last one, this last word I'm going to bring up for today, these last two words are so powerful of guidance, of guidance. Some of you have a gift of helping guide others. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about in our church right now is tapping into those of you who are older and have experience and have wisdom and you can guide people along. I can't tell you how many times people in their 20s, I know you think they don't want this. If you're older, I probably wouldn't have thought they'd want to hear from me either. But people in their 20s are craving for people to help give them guidance. There are marriages in their 20, people in their 20s and 30s that are married and wrestling through some very deep stuff. They are craving guidance. You've navigated a storm like this before. Can you help me navigate this? Because we're ready to give up, right? Man, I'm so excited about that. The guidance, all that could be tapped into is so incredibly powerful. I gotta tell you something, guys. I've listed a bunch of different giftings. You may be like, mine wasn't really even in there. That's okay. They're, they're, you know how you're gifted. You know how you're wired and what God's put in you to make a difference in, in this church. And I just want to tell you something today. There is nothing like the church. 
There's not just this church, every church. Like every Jesus-honoring, Jesus-following church, there's nothing like it. When all different types of people put aside all kinds of differences from different ethnic backgrounds, racial backgrounds, uh, former religious backgrounds, or lack of belief, or, and you come together, and now we're all going, how can we reach our community? How can we make a difference? How can we reach people with the love of Jesus? There's just nothing like that. And God's called you and I to be a part of it. If I could take everything Paul had to say today, everything Peter had to say today, and just kind of squash it down into a statement, it would be this. You're gifted to make a difference. Every one of you, you are gifted to make a difference. You're not gifted just to make a good paycheck. That's great, make a good paycheck. You're not gifted just to enjoy life. Enjoy life, that's great. But it's not just about that. You're gifted to make a difference. And I gotta tell you something. God created you to contribute, not just consume. That's how he wired you. And there's something in you that wants that. I know it, because I want that. I wanna contribute, not just consume. I wanna make sure I'm having an impact. I'm gonna stand before God one day, right? And I don't say this to manipulate us or scare us, but we're going to stand before God one day. What are we going to have to offer? Some Netflix and some popcorn, right? Like, oh man, I saw every season of God's like, cool, man. You realize there's a world around you going to hell, right? There's a world around you that needs it. And I like Netflix once in a while, but man, we are called to something great, something eternal. They cancel Netflix season like that. Wow. All the potential in this room. It's, it's incredible. And so will you use your gifts? I would love to get more ropes around the tractor, so to speak. Oh, Doug, what is your need? No. What's the opportunity? How can we get you involved? You, you know this. If you've ever asked for information on volunteering, we send you an email back, and it does not say, our greatest need is out on the parking team. Our greatest need is in the nursery. Our great, no, you know what our, our, our email back says? What has God made you passionate about? Like, what are you excited about? What, what would bring life to you? What would get you excited and, and, and think about coming to church in the morning and be like, wow, I can't wait, I can't wait. I get to be used by God today because God wants to do that. And some of you guys, are, you're going to join a team, and that's great. But some of you guys are just going to be you right in your seat, and you're going to use your gift of mercy. You're going to use your gift of encouragement. You're going to use these different things that sometimes are behind the scenes just to serve in a way or help in a way. It's so incredibly powerful. You know what I would love? I'd love to have so many ropes around the tractor, so to speak, that when people walk in our church, the halls are lined with greeters. Like lined with greeters, you know? And you're walking in, and no one's used to like friendly people in New York, man. We're gonna floor people, man. We're gonna, we're gonna just, they're gonna get saved out in the lobby. No one's gonna even hear a message, right? Like these people are nice. Jesus is alive, you know? I mean, that's gonna be it. And so I just love that, man. And, and what's gonna happen is, this is what's great. What's gonna happen is, you people greeting are going to form community and friendships and make memories and be laughing and teasing one another and enjoying what you do, right? And as little kids walk down the halls, you're going to be high-fiving them on the way in. Little kids are going to grow up thinking the church is the coolest, most exciting place to be. I would love that. Our parking team, right? Uh, we used to have a really, 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 really small parking lot, right? And now we've got a really, really, really big parking lot. And I think what happened is, I think some of our, our community on our parking team was kind of lost in that. Because back at the old building, you just kind of walk 10 feet and see each other, right? But I would love to see so many of us out there holding walkie-talkies and lightsabers. We give you a lightsaber. It's pretty cool. I would love so many of you to be out there that you guys are cracking each other up on the walkie-talkies. You guys are encouraging each other. You guys are interacting with the people coming in the building. I mean, man, what potential for community among the team members and then the impact we can have on those that come in. 
I love to see so many nursery workers down there that you're rocking babies, but you're, you're talking to one another. You're, you're talking about some of the things going on in your life. The next thing you know, you're opening up about some, some hurt deep in your soul. And you're sitting there rocking babies, praying for each other. See, that's the power of this, right? Because we're not just worried about what we need. We're worried about opportunity and how many of you we can get involved and plugged in. I love so many cafe workers that they become an extension of the greeting and prayer team. Imagine that. Somebody's just out there eating a muffin, having some coffee. And the cafe workers just freed up enough to be able to sit and say, how's things going? I I can tell you right now, and I'm not saying this to make people feel bad. I just, I want you to see the need. There were two ladies at the end of the 930 service. So this isn't on you. (laughs) At the end of the 930 service who sat at tables by themselves just like for a while, you know. I would just love for a cafe worker or any of you, gift of mercy, gift of encouragement, just sit and talk with them. And then they start opening up and next thing you know, you're praying for them. See, this is what this is about. It's about doing ministry together. It's not about throwing a ball at a kid. Well, don't throw balls at kids anyway, but it's not about that. It is about so much more than that. In fact, I want to read you an email I sent to our team a few weeks ago. I sent this to the volunteers. I want to take a second and remind you all who you are. In case you thought you were greeters, children's ministry workers, car parkers, musicians, or whatever your role is, you're not. You're so much more than that. You are missionaries. Each and every one of you, you minister to each person that drives onto the property, walks through the cafe, enters the gym, or sits in a seat. That is no small task, and I'm so grateful for you. When all is said and done, you're not a volunteer at our church. You're a missionary to Long Island. Imagine if we were all using our gifts. And we don't do it for recognition and we don't do it for even the people walking through the door. We do it so that God is praised, that people find hope in him. Every Friday, our team goes out on a prayer drive and we drive around the community and we pray for people. And you know what? As I'm driving past houses, I'm just imagining my life if I was not a follower of Jesus. I'm imagining what's going on in the houses that we pass and probably the brokenness and the sadness and the addictedness and, and the depression and all those things that are going on. And these people don't know that there is a Savior they can bring all this to. And I just wonder the last time we stopped to think that we're the answer to that. Isn't that crazy? He, Jesus left it to us. Now his Holy Spirit's in us, right? We all drank of the same Spirit. But the answer is us to this world that is going toward eternity without a Savior. And I just love the opportunity you and I have to make the difference right then and right there. Last week, we had a family come in, and their comment was, it is so warm in here. I was like, are you talking because it's 980 degrees out in the hallway? Oh, no, no, no. No, they were talking about the friendship. They were talking about the way people greeted them and made them feel at home in this place. Yes, that's it. That's what God's going to do through us in this community. And so, will you be a part? Will you go ahead and rise up to play your role. Your role, not anybody else's. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be anybody else. You have to be you. And so will you play that role? How do I do that, Doug? Well, if you're looking to join a specific team, back your connection card or on the app. And again, I'm not preaching this message because we need help. I'm preaching this message because there's an opportunity. And we want as many ropes around the tractor as possible. Some of you guys are like, I can't join a team, Doug. I'm a, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm a policeman. I, I have to work some Sundays. Awesome, just, just use your gifts when you're here then and use your gifts out there. Go and be, go and be, go and be. Make a difference. God has gifted you to make 
a difference. And so we're here on Friday setting up this room and putting everything together. And as many of you know, this is not a functioning school. It's actually where all the important people have their offices, the superintendents of Hopog School District and all that fun stuff. And so we've gotten to know a lot of these people. And it's amazing. Every single one of them walks right through here as we're setting up. And it's like, oh, God, help us not drop a pipe, a pipe on their head or trip them with a wire or something, you know. But they're coming through this room. And as we're setting up a few weeks ago after Christmas, uh, the Christmas services, one of the really important people came through the room and said to Andrew, hey, how was Christmas? How did the services go? Andrew said, oh, it was amazing. We had this many people show up and this many things happen. And it was, ah. Oh. And this really important person who, as far as I know, is not a follower of Jesus, looked Andrew in the face and said, you guys are changing lives. That is exactly right. And that's the potential. And I want to thank so many of you for doing what God's called you to do, to be the church, not just to sit in a row. Okay, you're going to spend some time sitting in a row when you're here, right? But to not just sit in a row, to not just consume, but to contribute and to become a co-laborer along with us, that we'd all be on this team making an impact for Jesus. So incredibly powerful. Now, if you're honest, some of you guys are like, Doug, you're talking a big game here, man, but I've volunteered and it is not all that glorious. Yeah, well, that's because there's this word, right? It's called sacrifice. <laughs> and you know what? It's not all glorious. I have a lot of fun. I have a great time, man. We, we're here Friday laughing and joking with each other, setting all this up. But when my alarm went off this morning, I was not like, yes, Lord, you are good. Let's go minister to the masses. I was like, it's raining and I want to stay in bed. <laughs> but there's this person named Jesus, right, who, who had everything exactly how he could have wanted but he decided instead of keeping it that way, he sacrificed everything and came for us to rescue us. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, he came for you. He came to rescue you. He came to forgive you and remove your guilt and your, your shame and allow you to know him and have a relationship with him and bring the sadness and bring the depression and bring the addiction and bring the brokenness all to him. And you got a lot of people sitting in this room and, not, and one of us is better than anybody else, but we've all got our stuff and the secret we as followers of Jesus have learned is that we are loved unconditionally and we are forgiven and we have a God who wants us to bring our stuff to him. And so if you want that today, then I would love for you to put your trust in Jesus. But if you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you've been coming and seeing for a while. Now it's time to go and be. And for so many of you, I think it's like 170 of you. Thank you. Whew, I didn't expect to get emotional there. Thank you for doing what you do because you are changing lives and you are making the impact that I can't make alone and Joey can't make alone and we so badly need you. Thank you so incredibly much. You're gifted to make a difference. God created you to contribute, not just consume. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this awesome church. God, what a thing you're doing. God, we're so thankful for all these amazing volunteers, all these amazing people who come and give such wisdom and such energy and passion. God, you're doing a beautiful thing, and we love you so much for that, God. If you're a follower of Jesus and, and you're a volunteer, would you just pray? Maybe some of you need sort of like just like a, a refresh in your heart so you can keep on doing what you're doing, because it is hard sometimes, and there is sacrifice involved. And if you're not really doing much right now, and you're like, you know what, I've been coming and seeing for a while, I, I need to go and be then man, would you pray about that? What has God made you passionate about? Use those gifts to help us make a difference. 
And if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you want to put your trust in him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that as we pray in just a minute. So God, we just thank you so much for your goodness. You're so big and so awesome. Just help us who, who know you to go and be inside these walls, but even more importantly in our day and time outside these walls, God. Help us go and be. If you're not a father in Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I would just encourage you to pray with me right now. Just silently pray, Jesus, thank you for sacrificing everything for me. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you, God, for raising back from the dead like we sung about earlier, which is my hope. Jesus, be my savior. Help me turn from my way and do things your way. Thank you, God, for this amazing gift of salvation. Show me what it means to follow you in your name. Amen. Before we open our eyes, anybody pray that for the first time today? Could you look at me real quickly? It's a little hard to see in here, but I'm just going to do my best. Did anybody pray that for the very first time today? God, we thank you. God, be at work in each life, Lord. All that have put their trust in you and all that have put their trust in you today, God, for the first time, do a great work. We love you so much. Amen. Would you guys stand up? Remember, we left two songs at the end of this service because as a church, we want to continue to grow in our worship toward God. And you guys responded so beautifully last week. Would you just continue again? Our prayer is, as a staff this past week, we pray, God, let last Sunday be the least amount we have ever worshipped you. That, that everything here would just be, oh God, we're going to the next level. We want to go deeper in you. We want to worship you more. We want to praise you more. So worship. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't let the battle steal your worship. Let's praise God together.